Alright guys, I am back for another solo episode of What's the Channel Called? Not going to do the whole intro because it's just weird to do it by myself. So, that's going to be my intro today and people are just going to have to deal with it, man. Um, so I did kind of prepare some stuff for tonight. I've got a whole bunch of notes. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of it, but, uh, I settled on a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which is Celtic mythology. So there's a lot of cool stuff in Celtic mythology. Obviously, no matter what mythology you choose to delve into, there's going to be parallels between one and another. So that being said, don't be surprised if you hear stuff that you're familiar with outside of Celtic mythology, because like, kind of like Bigfoot. Pretty much universal across the world. There's a Bigfoot in one form or another. Be it the Yeti or the Wild Man or Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you know, whatever. But yeah, so there are a couple in here that I've heard of in other places. But you got to remember also, like, like this first one is the Dulahan, which pretty much means it does not have a head. So if you can't guess, that is the Headless Horseman. Obviously you've heard like Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman, which is from England. Oh, where do you think the English got it? They got it from the Irish, you know? Or vice versa. I don't, I mean, everyone's got their own legends, but there's gonna be things that are legends in more place, more places than one. Wow struggling tonight, folks. Um, okay, so let's go right into it. The Dulahan is depicted as a headless rider, and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right, so if you know, tell me. I should know, but I don't. I, uh, I like Celtic things. I just don't know how to speak Gaelic. So if you give out free Gaelic lessons, let me know. I'll take you up on it. Headless rider, usually on a black horse, carries his own head under his arm, kind of like a little bit of a football carry. Usually the Dulahan is male, but there are also female versions. So it could be the headless horse woman. But it's most often associated with the Celtic god Cromdu. The myth of the Dulahan comes from Ireland. So there you have it. If I would have just read my notes, you'd know that it came from Ireland. Usually the mouth is wearing a hideous grin from ear to ear. Full on joker status. Ugh, his eyes are constantly moving and can see across the countryside even in the darkest of nights. So essentially, you got no escape. They can see you for miles and miles, even in the dark. Where were we? Turn that on for a second. See, the flesh of its head is said to have color and consistency of moldy cheese. So basically, he looks like Darth Vader when he takes his helmet off. It's the best thing I could think of. 
uses a human spine for a bullwhip. Its wagon is adorned with funeral objects, has candles in its skull to light the way. Ooh, the spokes of his wagon wheels are made from thigh bones. The wagon's covering is made from worm, chewed, or dried human skin. The ancient Irish believe a Dullahan stops riding when a person is due to die. The Dullahan calls out the person's name, drawing the soul out of his victim, at which point the person immediately drops dead. So supposedly you can ward him off with gold objects. So if you're sporting a grill, you're probably safe. You know. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be the guy that tested out the gold theory against the Dulahan. I think I'll just uh, stay away from that one, if at all possible. <laughs> Sorry again for the long, awkward pauses. I'm trying to drive and read my notes at the same time. <laughs> um, so yeah, probably won't get like super duper deep into this because it's kind of difficult right now. But my next one, I'm gonna murder this name, but I think it's the Avertox, also known as the Avertog, is an early Irish legend first collected in the origin, the history of Irish names and places. Ooh. The road's getting bad, man. The Abertox cannot be confused with the similarly named Abertac, a figure associated with Finn Kumo. So basically, this character here is a giant vampire, I think. I don't know, man. Out of self-preservation, I'm probably just going to go to the Scottish mythology stuff because I just printed out the names of Scottish creatures and I, I know them a little bit better than I do on the Irish side. Or at least I've studied them more. I know the Irish side. I just have studied the Scottish side more. Um, So, first one, obviously, which I think is also Irish, but I think it's more Celtic, not so much Scottish or Irish or Welsh or Cornish or Minsk or Galician. I think it's kind of all-encompassing, but would be the Banshee or the Screeching Lady. So, the Banshee, basically, once you hear the scream, you're kind of in trouble a harbinger of bad things to come whether that's like misfortune or death kind of depends on the situation but uh you definitely don't want to hear a banshee screaming <sighs> oh yes one of my favorite ones the blue men of the minch so the minch is a waterway that a lot of boats used to go down back in the day or ships, I guess. Ships, boats, whatever you want to say. Um, 
So they look exactly like people, except obviously they're blue. And if you touch them with your boat, they will recite two lines of a poem. And the captain of the vessel has to finish that poem. If he is unable to finish that poem, then they will rip your ship apart plank by plank, capsize your vessel, and destroy everybody on board. So they're kind of like demonic smurfs. Would be the closest thing I can give you. Kind of like a pop culture reference to. Uh, the brownie. The brownie is kind of like a leprechaun. Kind of. I think he's kind of a little bit more shysty than a leprechaun, but that's pretty much a brownie is a leprechaun. It'll take things from your house. I mean, le- it's not exactly like a leprechaun, but it's a little dude that will come in and take things from your house. I think it's a brownie. I can't remember if it's a brownie or a grilgy, but if you don't feed it, then it starts breaking things and taking things even more and is very annoying. I think that's a Grugay. Which would also be like a Cluricon, I think. Not 100% sure. I will do some more research on these and let you know the ones that I don't know 100%. Koenig. Changelings. So the changelings are fairy folk, but they are often, I think, more associated with like elderly fairy folk. But since they're so small, they'll take the form of a child and they will kidnap your child and replace themselves in your child's stead so that. Uh, kind of live out a little bit of a different life before they move on. And I think there's some more sinister takes on it as well. Basically, they kidnap your kids and they put fairies in their place. So, not very cool. Not very cool at all. But I think you can always kind of tell. Because they will look like your kid. They won't act like your kid all the time. They'll have different tendencies. In some cases, it's said that your kid will sprout a beard. Or have really long ears. Really long nose. Sometimes claws or fangs. You know, just normal kid stuff that pops up all the time. So, yeah. That would be the changelings. There's really not a lot to it. Uh, The Kushi, I think is the black dog I'm not 100% sure on that I think it's the barks three times and on the third one you die I'm pretty sure that's what the kushi is I know the Kelpies. So the Kelpies are most commonly associated 
taking the shape of a horse by the water's edge, but they can also take the shape of a attractive human. But either way, just if you're in the Celtic regions and you see a horse by the water or a pretty lady by the water or a pretty guy by the water, I guess, if, if you are so inclined, um, don't follow them into the water. It's like the horse version, it'll kneel down, it'll let you sit on it, but once you sit on it, you're stuck. You can't go nowhere. Once you touch it, you're like permaboned, and it will take you into the water. And there's a couple different, either it'll drown you and then eat you, or it'll just straight up eat you once you're in the water. So don't follow any naked people or any horses into the water. If a horse kneels down in front of you, don't just hop on. Not cool, man. Not cool. And then the Loch Ness Monster, also known as Nessie. There's probably just as much conspiracy surrounding the Loch Ness Monster as there is around Bigfoot. Now, I've heard some pretty interesting theories about it. I, for one, personally believe that the Loch Ness Monster is real. Just because. I, I'm that guy that doesn't say it's not real until you prove to me it's not real. And though I've never seen 100% undeniable proof that it exists, I've also never seen 100% undeniable proof that it doesn't exist. And yeah, there's a lot of hoax pictures, or what people are claiming are hoax pictures. How do we know they're actually a hoax? How do you know it's not just kind of like a Bigfoot situation, you know? Where these people truly believe that's what they saw. Or like the Mothman. People like legitimately saw this. And then it's explained away as a hoax. Seems a little convenient to me. <clears throat> and like, I've heard some pretty interesting theories about what the Loch Ness Monster could be. I've heard like a Leopluridon. There's another one that it could be that's like some ancient dinosaur. I don't think that's the case. Just don't because for a creature that big, like a predatory creature, a carnivorous creature, as big as a Leoplorodon, or something of a similar nature that was a dinosaur, to survive in a lake, it's just not very conscionable because you have to have a constant food source to feed something that big. Trust me, I know. I take a pretty large food source myself. And I'm not even half the size of Leopluridon. So, I just don't find the dinosaur theory. Like, I understand that there's super old crocodiles and super old gators and stuff, but I don't think we're talking into the millions of years. And most of these super old crocodiles are found, like, on the Nile, where you've got 
many, 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 many miles of river to roam up and down. And a lot of it is probably undisturbed most of the time. So they can just go chill on the side of the river and not be bothered. But I just, I don't really know how to explain the Loch Ness Monster, but I feel like it's there. I feel like it's definitely there. But I feel like it's just a big fish. Like, if you ever watch River Monsters, the catfish that they catch out of the Yellow River in China, they're absolutely insanely large. And there's catfish in the Navajo Reservoir, where we're from, that have been reported to be at least the size of a Volkswagen bug, if not bigger. So I think it could very well be just like a giant fish. And who knows? Who knows what it actually is? Or if anybody will ever actually find proof of it. But till that day, I'm not going to say it's not there. On to the next one. <clears throat> so, selkies. Selkies are basically seal people, I guess is what you would call them. Um... Or at least that'd be the easiest way to explain it. Um, they, their original form is of a seal from the ocean that will come to shore and shed the seal skin and hide it and take the form of a human. And as per usual with fairy folk or mythological creatures, they are like extremely attractive as humans. So they don't really have a hard time forming human relationships. <laughs> and if you can see the hand motions right now, I'm working on getting video up so you can see us being stupid as well as hear us being stupid. But anyways, they don't have like a problem forming relationships with humans because they're like ridiculously attractive. Um, And the only way you can really keep them on shore and not going back to the sea after a few months is to find that seal skin and you hide it or destroy it. However, if they find out about it, I have a feeling they're not going to be too happy. So it's kind of a catch-22, I guess. Like, Do you hide their skin and keep them there because you love them, or do you set them free? Because it's what you do if you love something, you set it free. It's been in about a thousand movies, so I know it's true. Plus, it's in that one song. If you love me, let me go! <laughs> I know I can't hit that note. It's ridiculously high. So, yeah, that'll... Um, kind of do it for tonight just because I can't read my notes while I'm driving in the dark. <clears throat> Probably shouldn't read my notes while I'm driving in the light either. But I'll be reading up on these and I'll be back in the morning with some more. I think Kyler will be back in the morning so I'm hoping maybe I can ride shotgun tomorrow and just go over some notes while we're driving up and continue to give you guys the 
Celtic mythological experience. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But anyhow, there are other things I wanted to talk about tonight. Like, there are certain things in life that are just, they're not a good idea. And when even the common folk can see it is not a good idea, it makes you wonder what the people in charge are thinking. And I'm not going to go on a political rant right here. It's more of an entertainment industry thing, and I don't know if it's true. But I saw a story today that supposedly Little Yachty is writing a bank heist movie based on Uno for Mattel. That sentence, that's all English, and it makes no sense whatsoever. First of all, why are you having a rapper write a movie? Second of all, if it's for Mattel, which is a family toy company, why are you writing a movie about a bank heist? Third of all, how are you going to relate that to Uno? I would sincerely like to know, and I challenge you guys, let me know on the Twitter. If you can figure out how to tie this all together, either shoot us an email at wtccpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the Twitter at podcast WTCC and let me know. Let me know how you think you could tie that all together. I'm going to brainstorm tonight and try to come up with a possible way that you could tie Uno into a bank heist and how Little Yachty has anything to do with either of those. Um, If you're going for something that far-fetched in my book, I would think you would want somebody like Spielberg or Peter Jackson or somebody who's like got the chops to write something that would somehow relate Uno in a bank heist. I would say it would be more apt to be like Monopoly in a bank heist. Don't, I mean, could be wrong, but I don't see how Uno's going to tie into a bank heist. And like I said, I don't even know if it's true, but it's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting idea to think about. It's really interesting to wonder what these people are thinking if it is true. And also, I have found probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to video games in the history of mankind. If you never watched Dahi Denogla, you need to do it. For one, because he's Irish, so he's automatically my boy. I'm Irish. Well, I'm of Irish heritage. So, I like the Irish people. And him and Jacksepticeye are two of my favorite streamers. And (laughs) Dahi's thing that he's got going on with the Purge SMP on Minecraft. It is some of the funniest content I have seen since I've started watching game streams. 
<clears throat> it's Chef's Kiss, man. Chef's Kiss. Go check it out. <laughs> Not only that, but Milton Pike won as Schmeg the Sorcerer. You just can't really beat it. You really can't beat it. It's, it's something. It's amazing. So please go check that out if you haven't. Also, another thing that I've... I'm usually late to the show on just about everything. And this is no exception. But Offline TV, if you guys get a chance, go check them out. Uh, it's a really good group of streamers as well. Also, some of my favorites on that. Um, and obviously Markiplier. Can't have game streams without Markiplier or Ethan. And I've been, you know, since I started this little Twitter adventure with the podcast, I've really networked with a lot of other podcasts, and everybody's like super supportive. And I've also noticed that like the streaming community is super supportive of all the podcast people. So I feel like we should reciprocate as the Pod Nation people the pod family like all the podcasters should be reciprocating to all the streamers because so far I've not met a streamer that's not been really awesome to me as a podcaster so definitely go check all those people out R.I.P. Mika go check her out Uh, let's see who else is there that I'm forgetting Star Smitten, Terrorizer, Unpopular Opinion, I don't really watch PewDiePie, I think he's super hilarious in Among Us, but I've just never branched out to PewDiePie, never have, Uh, maybe I'll check his stuff out soon, but uh, I rode the Unis Honest train all the way through that. That was amazing. And that saddens me that that content is gone. Even though that was its pretty much its sole purpose was to come and go. <laughs> but it was great content. And I'm sad it's gone. So yeah, also, I'm just going to shout out a few of the guys and gals that have been really cool to me. Considering that my little podcast is like a speck of dirt on the beach of podcasts compared to these people. But um, definitely, if you get a chance, go check out Scotch and Sports podcast, Dads on Dayquil podcast, Family Plot podcast, Reverie True Crime, Malice, Nopeville Mastercast podcast list. She ranks and rates all the podcasts. Uh, not before coffee or needs three mugs. Go check them out. And I mean, there's a lot of other ones. Uh, they're just escaping my brain right now. Um, if you're into the medical stuff, you can go check out Jock Doc's podcast. Um, 
I'm really racking my brain right now trying to think of other podcasts. I've got about a billion of them that I follow on Twitter, not literally, but pretty much my entire Twitter list is nothing but streamers and podcasters, and about 90% of that is podcasters. So if you want good podcast recommendations, just go check out the Twitter page, because I've got all the podcasts, not all of them, but a lot of them I've got on there. One of my favorite podcasts is actually on YouTube. And that would be Mark, Bob, and Wade. Or if you don't know who Bob and Wade are, it's Lord Binion 777 and MySkerm, who are also excellent streamers. But they have the three peens in a podcast. All those guys are excellent at what they do. <laughs> so, definitely go check them out. There was something else I was going to talk about tonight, and I can't remember what it was. Well, I was kind of hoping to have more daylight to read the notes and get you guys a full episode of Celtic Mythology, but that didn't happen. Because <sighs> once again, I've fallen short of glory. It's a shame. It's a real shame. I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. Now that's one thing I would like to do for an episode. I would like to... Sorry about that. I had a phone call, and I can't take phone calls and record at the same time. But that was an excellent phone call from my wife telling me we're getting Pizza Hut don't know the way to a fat man's heart is through his stomach so that's really cool <laughs> yeah so as far as pizza goes which is a good topic I gotta say and this is probably unpopular opinion Little Caesars is where it's at whether it's the hot and ready pizza or it's a deep, deep dish, man, Little Caesars got it going on. And I actually prefer Domino's over Pizza Hut or Papa John's. So unpopular opinions, if you want them, come to me. But back on to semi-topic, um, one thing I wanted to talk about was what was it? See, I can't even think of it. My EDD's kicking my behind right now. to play 
that I don't know how many people have played it. And I don't know how many people like it. But I love that game. And I would love to see it remastered for the PlayStation 4. And that is Baldur's Gate 2. Where you can play as the Dark Elf Drizzt Duerden. With his two swords that freeze people. Scimitars to be specific. That was an excellent game. There are so many games for the PlayStation system that could be remastered for the PlayStation 4 that people would go absolutely nuts for. And I think it needs to happen because personally, just myself, there's not a lot of great games anymore. Because for me, my favorite experience in games is local, two-player, multiplayer campaigns. Those games are legit. I love being able to sit down with a buddy or with my wife and just go through a game. Two-player co-op campaign. Like Gears of War style. Or Like the Lord of the Rings games. Where are those at? Why have those not been remastered? Those are some of the greatest games that have ever been made. <sighs> the Two Towers, man. That was like legitimately a life-changing game when that came out. I don't remember how old I was. But I remember I played the living heck out of that game. Man, oh man. When you start fighting the Urukai, that was frustrating as a young gamer. That was very frustrating. And then, The Return of the King came out. <laughs> that game blew my mind. That game was phenomenal. You got to fight with everybody in the Fellowship, except Boromir, I think. I don't think you got to fight with Boromir. That game was amazing. Battle for Middle-Earth. Where are those games? Why are those not remastered? Those games were excellent. Uh, the Hobbit was actually a really good game. That was super fun. Uh, and uh, da, 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 Lord of the Rings Conquest. I put multiple thousands of hours into that game. That game was amazing. Just a battle royale with Lord of the Rings characters. I was so in on that game. Any Lord of the Rings game. Remaster that for the PlayStation 4, guys. Those games are amazing. The Harry Potter games. The Star Wars games. Digimon. <laughs> I remember when Digimon was on PlayStation 1. That game was insane, man. That game was so fun. I just kind of find myself being a bit more nostalgic about video games these days. Like, bring back the old school games, because the new ones, they're all kind of just going the same way. And again, probably unpopular video game opinion. Unless you're counting zombies gameplay, World at War is where I cut off Call of Duty. 
that's where it stopped being good. I love Modern Warfare. I love Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 3 was okay. Not the greatest, but it was okay. But after World of War, man, it's just not the same. Things are getting too far out there. <laughs> like, bring me back Call of Duty 3. Call of Duty 3 was probably my favorite that I've played. Bring back SOCOM. That game was amazing. SOCOM 2. That, that was... That was a game changer for me. Because the first time I played PS2, that's what I played was SOCOM 2. And then we had the conflict games. Those were super fun. But even less in fighting games, like family games. There's just not... Like, where's Sly Raccoon these days? I don't, that might be remastered, I don't know. But uh, if it is, I'm gonna get it. Uh, Rayman, Attack in the Power of the Juju. <laughs> There's just a lot of games, man, that could be remastered for the PlayStation 4. That would just be epic. And I want a PlayStation 5. I really want a PlayStation 5. Okay, I'm back again. Had a little slight interruption there where I had to stop and pick up dinner and get some more phone calls taken care of. It's a real pain to not have good recording equipment sometimes. But back to what I was talking about, the PlayStation 5. I really, 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 really want one. But, number one, I can't afford it. And number two... I feel like it's almost like a used car. Or a new car, I mean. It's almost like a new car. In like, you kind of want people to weed out all the problems before you buy your new car so that you're not going up in smoke on the side of the road. And I've heard some horror stories about people's PlayStations and Xboxes too. But any new console, I feel like you just, you gotta let them weed out the wormage and everything so won't be going for one of those anytime soon mainly for the financial aspect I like to justify it by saying that I'm waiting until it's all perfect um I would say if they were gonna bring back any console from the past it should be the Sega Dreamcast that console was legit when I had it man I had like a buggy racing game. I had a game called The Gauntlet, which was amazing. You fight werewolves and stuff. Uh, I had a game called Blue Sting where you fight aliens. That was amazing. Uh, I had Sega Fishing, Bass Fishing. That game was highly addictive, way more than it should have been. Um, what else did I have for the Dreamcast? Uh, probably the one that I spent the most time on would be, like, the open-world Sonic the Hedgehog game. Where you can play with Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, Biggs, all those guys, and just constantly fighting Professor Eggman. 
that was a real fun game. Just the style of those games. And then I had like the House of a Thousand Corpses. I had a couple other shooters like that. Just those old Sega games. If you're going to bring back a console, bring back the Dreamcast. I'm trying to think. What else I had for the Dreamcast? I don't know, but I had that console for a really long time. The only one I think I had longer than a Dreamcast is my Super Nintendo. Which I still have. That was given to me by my grandpa. And I've had that literally my entire life. I've had a Super Nintendo. I had a Nintendo, like the original Nintendo for a while. I don't even know what happened to that. I don't know if mom sold it or if it got broken or if I gave it to one of my friends or I don't know what happened to that thing. Yeah, I would, I would kind of like to get some of those old retro games again. This stuff's fun, man. The old games, I just feel like they're better than the new games. <laughs> like, um, let's see. I think my catalog for the Super Nintendo was Diddy's Conquest. Uh, Madden 94, I think. Uh, Total Carnage, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Speedy Gonzalez, that was a real fun game. Um, uh, uh, Sunset Riders, that's the name of that one. Sunset Riders, Street Fighter 2. That game consumed most of my early childhood. Uh, Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2. <clears throat> Mario Kart, the like the OG Mario Kart, uh, Super Mario World 3, or maybe 2, or maybe 1, I don't remember, one of the Super Mario Worlds, then I had the most ridiculously hard game on the face of planet Earth, which is... Star Wars A New Hope. If you ever buy that game with the intention of enjoying yourself, you have been duped. That is probably literally the hardest game I've ever played. It is harder than Dark Souls. I can't beat level 3. I can almost get to the end every time. And there's one spot where it's literally impassable. And I don't... <laughs> I'm not saying impossible like I'm from Canada. I mean, like, you cannot pass that part. It is impassable. <laughs> you cannot pass. I know I had other games. Um, I think those are the ones I've mostly played. Pretty much all the time. I had some other games. I actually can't remember what they were. 
I can tell you when I get home because I still have all my games. <clears throat> I know for the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, I had Double Dragon, Duck Hunt, and Mario Brothers 2? Pretty sure it was 2. It's the first one where you get the raccoon tail. Might have been three. Maybe it's three. If anybody knows, just shout that out. And then we come to a console that I had for a very short period of time. Still have the console. Don't have any of the cords or the controllers or the games. The Nintendo GameCube. Not my favorite console. really tried to recapture the glory of the N64, which the N64 might even top the Sega Dreamcast for me. Uh, Super Mario 64, that's all you really need to say. Goldeneye, another one, that's all you really need to say. Mario Kart, that was the first time Mario Kart was like hardcore. Those three games alone are enough to just... That's the best Nintendo. The N64. And then they had the South Park game. I remember I used to have a WWE. I don't remember which one. But it was fun. <laughs> but the N64, man, that's where it was at. The GameCube, the only game... I remember having that I really enjoyed on the GameCube was Lord of the Rings The Third Age. I played that game a lot. I never beat it. And that bugs me to no end because I'm a video game completionist through and through. And I never could beat that game. And I think that's why A New Hope bugs me so much on my Super Nintendo can't do it. Another one that really bugs me, even though it's my favorite game I've ever played in my life, Sunset Riders. Mm. I've beaten that game one time. One time in my life. I've had that game for almost 30 years, and I've beaten it one time. Once you hit Paco Loco, I think. He's like the second to the last bad guy. Dang. And then once you have to fight Sir Richard Rose, it's all over. It's all over. I can fight... I'm going to try to remember all their names here. I can fight Simon Greedwell. Real easy. That's an easy level. Hawkeye Hank is level. El Greco is pretty easy boss fight. Uh, is his name Dark Horse? I think Dark Horse. I can fight him pretty easily. The, the brothers. I don't remember. <laughs> 
I know what I'm thinking because they have bombs and they're brothers. But that's a totally different thing. And I'm not even going to say that. Um, the brothers. I can fight them real good. But then once you got to mosey on up the mountain and take the fight to Chief Wigwam, he's real hard. Paco Loco is real hard. And Richard Rose is almost impossible. But it's a dang fun game, man. Real fun. And Street Fighter 2, I've actually beat that game multiple times, but I can only beat it with Ryu. Well, I think I beat it once with Dalsim and once with Guile. But those are the only three I've ever beat that game with. Um, whereas, like, you switch to the Mortal Kombat for the 64. I beat that game on the story, well, not the story mode, but, like, the tower. I got all the endings. I beat that with every single person. And every Mortal Kombat game since then, I've beaten it with every single person. I have Mortal Kombat 10, and I played the story mode... But it's just not the same, man. It's fun. It's real fun. Mortal Kombat versus DC was really fun. Uh, I would like to see a Mortal Kombat versus Marvel. That would be pretty sick. Um, I think, though, my favorite Mortal Kombat... And now I'm not going to be able to remember it. The name of it. Um... Armageddon? Maybe? The one where you play as Shujinko and Onaga fools you into unleashing him in his true form. Really fun. Hard to beat Onaga. Not as hard as it is to beat Shao Kahn. And Quan Chi was like super OP in all those games. And Shinnok can't fight with Shinnok to save my life, but it's real hard to beat him if you play on, like, a man difficulty or, like, a gamer difficulty and not little kid difficulty. Which I must confess, I do that on all of the games I play. I will beat a game on every single difficulty. I'm, like, a ridiculous completionist. And it drives me nuts because I really want to finish Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I really want to finish Watch Dogs. I want to give them both a chance and like really immerse myself in that game. And I really want to do that with Red Dead Redemption 2. I just, I don't have time anymore. It's a shame growing up sometimes. Like... I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because I got my wife and I got my daughter. That's more important to me than anything else. But sometimes I just wish I had time to play video games. That's all. And if there is one set of video games that I wish they would bring back and put on like even a mobile game, the Pokemon games. Why can we not get that on a mobile? 
It'd be so easy to convert to a mobile game. So easy. But nobody does it, and I don't know why. It needs to happen, or I need a charger for my Game Boy and all of the Pokemon games. I can remember the legit Pokemon Yellow, Red, Green, Blue. Was there a Pokemon Green? I think so. But the one I really remember is like Ruby and Gold and Silver. I put a lot of time into those ones. Those were excellent games. And I think those were the first ones where I like that I played where it's not just the original 150 Pokemon. I think that's when they started introducing like the new era of Pokemon. I had a lot of cool ones like Croconaw and Totodile and uh, what was the other one? Oh man, what was the fire one? Cyndaquil? And Bayleaf? Those were pretty cool. Pretty awesome. And now the, the amount of Pokemon they have is just ridiculous. It's just crazy. There's so many Pokemon now. But I gotta say, some of my favorite Pokemon are still from the original... The original 150. People are gonna hate on me left and right for this one, but Geodude. Geodude doesn't get enough love. That's an excellent Pokemon. Geodude. I would say Rapidash is pretty cool. Mew, obviously. Mew is pretty sweet. Um. I think is a real cool Pokemon. Uh, is it Miltank? Yeah, Miltank. And Tauros. And Snorlax. Snorlax is probably my favorite because I feel like that would be my sole Pokemon. Just big old fat cuddly Pokemon. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for the night is a little bit of what I would like to see remastered in a trip down memory lane. A little bit of nostalgia. And some Irish folklore. Celtic folklore. Hopefully I'll have like time to read the notes tomorrow if my brother will drive on the way up there. Or on the way home. One way or the other I will get you the rest of that mythology stuff. have some more I guarantee you I'll have more video game stuff to talk about because I never shut up about video games I'll probably have some more podcasts to shout out next week I'm going to write them all down all the ones that I follow and I'm going to put check marks next to the ones I've already shouted out but it'll just be like a revolving door of shout outs to podcasters and streamers because I feel like once you're part of that community, that's kind of your job. Like, help everybody out. 
I'm almost at a thousand views, guys. Like, our podcast. Just me and my brother shooting the breeze. Being idiots. Being funny. Just that. With, like, no structure whatsoever. Even though we both want really structured episodes. It just hasn't happened. We just don't have time. But we like podcasting. I really enjoy podcasting a lot. And so I'm glad that even with the kind of shoddy craftsmanship that we've put into our podcast, that you guys have been so cool about everything. All the guys and gals on Twitter that have been so cool, even though I'm just a little tiny podcast that nobody doesn't really mean anything. I don't have like 6,000 followers. We don't have 12 billion listens or 40 million downloads a month or anything like that, but uh, you know, it's cool that even the bigger ones will just kind of take you under their wing and help spread the word around for your podcast. It's been really cool. And I'll keep doing the same for them as much as I possibly can. But I think that's going to wrap it up for the evening. I'm about to ascend the driveway of doom. It's very, very bumpy. Uh, But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Tomorrow morning, we'll be back at it. With my co-host tomorrow, I think. As long as everything goes according to plan. So, also coming up, that fool's going to be going to New Orleans for about a week. So I will actually put in some time and some research and get some like serious, serious writing done before then. And actually get some episodes outlined, printed out. I have all the notes. I've had time to study the notes. I My goal while he is gone is to present several structured episodes in a manner that is appealing to your ears and your mind. That's my goal. But, alas, I must away. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for all the follows, the subscribes, the downloads. And just spread the word. Guys, keep this keep this pod train rolling, baby. Alright. We oh I am out of here. Thanks. Why is my phone not okay? No. Stop it. There we go. No, stop it. No, no, stop it. Why is it not working? <laughs>